Hey, welcome into Positive Light. We're bringing a positive light into this world and into your life. And hi, I'm Bob Miles. And today's episode is going to be on listening to God. So hearing God speak is a blessing we receive as his children. The Bible verse about hearing God reminds us that the voice of God will give us direction. When he speaks, we will receive an answer to something we have asked or request what we didn't even know we needed. When God speaks to us, we will gain clarity. So Rick Warren writes, How to Hear God Speak. Do you ever wonder how to hear God speak when you pray? One of the best ways is by worshiping Him as you pray. Another is by developing a friendship with Him. First, let's look at worshiping God through prayer. Start by thanking Him for being part of your life and for being interested in the details of your life. Pray like Habakkuk. A Lord, now I have heard you report, and I worship you in awe. Habakkuk 3.2 When God gives you a vision or a dream, or shows you what he wants you to do, thank him for answering your prayer. That's part of worshiping God. Second, develop a friendship with him and get to know him. Prayer isn't a monologue, it's a dialogue. It's a conversation with God. God hears you when you pray. He answers you when you ask a question. He wants to talk with you every day. And when you faithfully talk with God throughout the day, it will revolutionize your life. There are three levels of knowing God. Recognition, acquaintance, and friendship. At the recognition level, you know God is there, but you don't really know Him personally. At the acquaintance level, you know God a little, but you don't know Him very well. God wants you to live at the friendship level, where you are familiar with each other and talk regularly. God wants to have a continuous conversation with you. As you spend time in prayer, worshiping God and developing a friendship with Him, you'll learn how to hear and recognize His voice. Listening to God is like listening to anyone before you can hear Him. You must be ready to listen. Just as in conversation, you cannot hear the other person if you are talking or if your mind is distracted. So it is with God. If you want to hear him speak, you must be quiet and you must be focused on what he is saying. Regular conversation with God can transform your life. Consider identifying a place and a time to meet God every day. Prayer is how to begin a conversation with God. Think of it as saying hello. Listening to God requires a deliberate choice to shut out the chaos around you and focus your thoughts. Is God someone you can hear? The Bible says he is, and the Bible is one of the main tools through which he speaks. We live in a world of noise. Almost everywhere we go, we find sounds competing with our minds, keeping us from letting our thoughts get below the surface level. Hearing God's voice means not listening to the noise of the world around us. It's not easy, but it can be done. King David, author of most of the books of the Psalms, gave us a model for meeting with God. Let this morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul, from Psalm 143.8. He sought God's direction in the morning, at the beginning of the day, like a general in God's army. He wanted to hear from his commanding officer before he entered into battle. Beginning each day fresh with God is a great reminder that, as the scripture says, his mercies are new every morning from Lamentations 3:22 and 23. You must find the time of day that works best for you, but morning is the best time if that is possible. 
So listening to God requires a heart committed to understand his message. God often speaks to us in visual images. Consider the example of the prophet Habakkuk. In Habakkuk chapter 2, the prophet longed to hear from God. He was so determined that he was willing to stand and wait as long as it took. I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me at Habakkuk 2.1. Habakkuk found that God was faithful. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay from Habakkuk 2.2. Listening to God requires a right attitude in our hearts in order to listen to God and receive his instruction. We must want to do his will, much like Habakkuk did. God honors the heart that is fully surrendered to him. If we are stubbornly clinging to our own desires, we are likely to get a garbled message that will not be God's voice at all. As a result, we are likely to continue pursuing a path that is contrary to the one God has designed for our lives. Psalm 48 says, I desire to do your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart. Do you desire God's will for your life above every other desire? If you do, you can trust that he will direct your path. Listen to his message and be quick to obey. Write down what he tells you and be ready to share it so that others may understand. When you listen to God and obey him, you will discover a life that is full of rich with purpose, confident with you are following the master's plan. So I want to next tell you a quick story called When God Whispers. The man whispered, God, speak to me, and a metalock sang, but the man did not hear. So the man yelled, God, speak to me, and the thunder rolled across the sky, but the man did not listen. The man looked around and said, God, let me see you, and a star shined brightly, but the man did not see. And the man shouted, God, show me a miracle, and a life was born, but the man did not notice. So the man cried out in despair, touch me, God, and let me know you are here. Whereupon God reached down and touched the man. But the man brushed the butterfly away and walked on. So God speaks through his word, scripture in the Bible. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart from Hebrews 4.12. God speaks through circumstances such as Jonah who failed to heed God's direction and found himself in the belly of a well. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights from Jonah 1.17. And also God speaks to his people. A word that is more than a passing conversation, direct works that confirm his direction. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, out of 1 Chronicles 29.10. God can speak through peace when allowed, inner peace. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, out of Colossians 3.15. God also speaks through wise counselors. 
Proverbs repeatedly says to seek wisdom through the counsel of others. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you soul learning, so do not forsake my teachings from Proverbs 4, 1 and 2. God also speaks through dreams and visions. And after it, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions from Joel 2:28. God also speaks through our thoughts. He who forms the mountains, who creates the wind, and who reveals his thoughts to mankind, who turns dawn into darkness and treads on the heights of the earth. The Lord God Almighty is his name from Amos 4:13. And God speaks through nature. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse, from Romans 1, 19 and 20. And God speaks supernaturally. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up from Exodus 3.2. And God speaks through whispers. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? First King 19, 12, and 13. So next I'd like to play a song, and it's called Speak to Me by Tommy Walker. And here it is. I am your servant, and I am listening. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. I need your wisdom, your truth and comfort. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Speak to me. Through your word, through your spirit, speak your word. Of life, speak to me, speak to me. I am listening, I am waiting, speak to me. I am your servant, and I am listening, speak to me. is silent my soul is longing speak to me Lord speak to me oh speak to me Mm, speak to me through your word through your spirit speak your words Speak to me. 
What a great song by Tommy Walker. And here's what Tommy said regarding this song. He said, I was inspired to write this song from 1 Samuel 3, in which God was speaking to Samuel. Samuel doubted that he was hearing God's voice. In fact, at the beginning of the chapter, it says, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions, yet God was in fact speaking to him. Samuel did finally lay down and say, Speak, for your servant is listening. Instead of always assuming that God is not speaking, may we be a people who are ever watching and listening with expectancy that God is in fact ready to speak to us. Listening is one of the easiest things you'll ever do, and one of the hardest. In a sense, listening is easy, or hearing is easy. It doesn't demand the initiative or energy required in speaking. That's why faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. The point is that hearing is easy, and faith is not an expression of our activity, but our receiving the activity of another. It is hearing with faith that ascends the achievement of Christ, and thus is the channel of grace that starts and sustains the Christian life. But despite this ease, or perhaps precisely because of it, we often fight against it, in our sin, we'd rather trust in ourselves than another, amass our own righteousness than receive another's, speak out thoughts than listen to someone else. True, sustained, active listening is a great act of faith and a great means of grace, both for ourselves and for others in fellowship. The charter text for Christian listening might be James 1.19. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anchor. It's simple enough in principle and nearly impossible to live. Too often we are slow to hear, quick to speak, and quick to anger. So learning to listen well won't happen overnight. It requires discipline, effort, intentionality. You get better with time, they say. 
Becoming a better listener hangs not on one big resolve to do better in a single conversation, but on developing a pattern of little resolves to focus in on particular people in specific moments. Freshly persuaded this is needed area of growth in my life, and possibly yours as well. King David discovered the power of inquiring and listening at an early age. Through First and Second Samuel, he inquires of the Lord and waits for an answer. Many of his questions concern upcoming battles. Will the Israelites win? How should they attack? David knew he can never listen to the Lord too much. A brief but significant moment in David's life is tucked away out of 1 Samuel 23, when he is informed the Philistines are fighting Calah and looting the land. The news couldn't have come at a worse time. David and militia, about 600 men, are on the run from King Saul, who are paranoid that the young, popular David is going to seize his throne. With a target on their backs, David and his men move from place to place, staying a half a step ahead of the crazed king. The news of Caleb reads like a side note, and David could have dismissed the distress call, knowing he had enough battles to fight already. At the other extreme, he could have charged immediately into battle, convinced he needed to defend everyone attacked by the Philistines. Instead, David inquires of the Lord and waits for his response before making a decision. God instructs him to attack the Philistines and save Kayla. Like David, we face countless needs and opportunities in life. With each one, we are invited to inquire of God and listen for his response. Hearing God's voice requires a listening heart. Mastering the art of listening is one of my greatest challenges. I found myself developing a terrible habit. I tend to jump in and finish people's sentences and thoughts, especially my wife's. I've been discipling myself to remain silent. As I'm refining this area of my life, I wonder how often I do this to God. How often do I cut God off, assuming I already know what is going to be said? Do I try to put words into God's mouth? The art of listening for God invites me into a realm I find uncomfortable. Silence, I must quiet my heart and embrace the stillness that allows me to truly know that He is God. While this may sound counterintuitive, silence is a key to satisfying hunger for God. When you think about feeding your appetite, you might have visions of rushing up to a dining room table filled with savory chicken and side dishes that smell like Thanksgiving. But sometimes, rushing the meal is the worst thing we can do. God wants to feed us, and we must learn to sit quietly as he serves a banquet for our souls. Silence asks me to close my mouth in order to open my heart. The first few moments of silence are the hardest. As I become painfully aware of the hum of the refrigerator, the muffled clang of the dryer, in the stillness a wave of chaos left undone crashes over me. The dishwasher needs emptying. I count 17 pieces of lint on the carpet. When was the last time I vacuumed? I fight back to distraction with a prayer. Jesus, help me to focus wholly on you and hear from you. I say his name a few times. My mind, body, and spirit embrace the silence as a gift. As my listening sharpens, I realize that silence has its own beautiful rhythm. In this place, I'll ask God, What's on your heart? And wait. Sometimes I hear nothing at all, but at other times I'll begin thinking of someone long forgotten, or I'll remember the need of a particular friend. Whether my mind drifts to politics or social justice issues, I offer up prayers to God and pepper him with questions. 
Why does this matter to you? What's your perspective? How can I serve you? At times, I'll feel compelled to pray, serve, or give. Other times, I simply sit in the silence with renewed awareness of what's important to God. These moments have taught me that God is passionate about the poor. He aches for justice, and he longs for a relationship. I've learned about the tenderness of God, discovered new depths of divine love, and treasured the sweet moments of simply being with him. Listening forces me to learn patience. Nowhere in the Bible does God commit to running on our schedule or fitting into our time frame, though I wish it were that easy. God answers some prayers in the moment, but in others he waits. Waiting isn't easy and doesn't always deliver the answer we desire. Learning to hear, recognize, and discern the way in which God speaks isn't snappy, but in the waiting time, God works within us in ways that are unrecognizable at first, but over time reveal their priceless worth. So Samuel in the Bible was special from childhood. His story shows us the importance of listening to God's voice and obeying it at all costs. The high priest Eli was already old when the future prophet Samuel went to live and serve with him in the temple. Although his sons were supposed to take over the priesthood when Eli died, they had no interest in serving God. Instead, they treated the Jewish laws and rituals with contempt, and Eli did not have the strength or will to punish them for their wickedness. As a result, God wasn't able to communicate heart-to-heart with Eli in the same way he had with others, such as Moses. When little Samuel arrived at the temple, God was paying close attention. Samuel's mother had made a promise to bring Samuel to the temple so that he could serve God from his childhood. God remembered this and was just waiting for the right moment to speak to Samuel in a way he wasn't able to do with Eli and his sons. What made this young boy so special that God wanted to speak to him? It is written that the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelations from 1 Samuel 3. God had warned Eli that his house would be torn down, saying, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before me anointed forever, out of 1 Samuel 2.35. He was searching for someone with a pure heart, and he found this in Samuel. When God called him in the night, of course Samuel thought it was Eli. He was used to obeying, so he got up right away. This happens three times, and finally Eli understood that God was trying to speak to the young boy. So he told Samuel that when he heard the voice again to answer, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I've often thought about Samuel and his simple answer, and I realize how important it is to be attentive when God is trying to speak to me. In Samuel's time, it was the prophets or priests who were mediators between God and man. But now God can speak uh, to us directly by his Holy Spirit. The Bible contains God's laws and wisdom. For example, it is written in John 14:21 that he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So if I first have God's word and then obey it, then I will receive the Holy Spirit, As I am faithful, I can learn to hear the voice in my heart more and more, and it can guide me in my daily life. So when God spoke to Samuel for the first time, he had an important task for him to carry out, a test to prove his faithfulness. 
It is written that Samuel was afraid to tell Eli what God had said. But Eli wanted to hear it, so Samuel told him. God was ready to carry out his promises against Eli and his sons, and to establish Samuel as the prophet for his people. Samuel had a pure heart, but God needed to test him in this situation. It is also the same for us. God sends us tasks that prove our faithfulness. They can seem hard. Perhaps God prompts us to tell someone the truth, like Samuel, even though we know the other people might not want to hear it. But if I want to prove that I love God above all else, then I need to obey right when God speaks in my heart. The quicker I obey, the better the result. The places in the Bible where the prophet Samuel is mentioned shows us that he preserved a pure heart throughout his life, and as a result, he always heard God's voice. When he prayed on behalf of the people, God always listened. It is sin that separates us from God. If we aren't willing to humble ourselves under God's will to obey him and destroy the power of sin in our lives, we will experience that we are cut off from God's grace, as Eli was. But if we keep our heart pure, we can also have this heart-to-heart relationship with God, and he can speak to us. Then we can also be co-workers with him as the prophet Samuel was in his time. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble from James 4, 6. So I'm going to end today's episode on an audio clip from Billy Graham called Listen to What God Wants to Say. And here it is. God is warning us right now through the spread of AIDS, through hurricanes and earthquakes and violence and all kinds of problems that are now affecting the whole world, our economic problems. All of these things God is using to speak to us. And if we don't repent and turn to Him, judgment will really come. In Genesis 6, speaking of Noah's day, The scripture says, My spirit shall not always strive with man, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. God said, I'll give you a hundred and twenty years to repent. If you don't repent, you're all going to be destroyed. Then at the last, when Noah was ready to go into the ark, God said, I'll give him seven more days. And then that's it. God's grace is greater than our sins. None of us heard but one preacher. How many preachers have you heard? How many Christian television and radio programs have you listened to? How many church services have you been to? How many Bibles are in your home? None of us had only a single warning, a single service. And the whole city turned to God. There are two ways to meet judgment. Resist and go deeper in sin or turn back to God. Many of us have had our weak moments and many of us have done something we shouldn't have done in a weak moment. But if you repent immediately and say, oh Lord, I'm sorry, please help me not to do that again. He'll forgive you. The story of the cross. 
that Jesus Christ died on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose again, that he's alive tonight. He's willing to come into your heart and change the direction of your life and give you a peace and a joy that you've never known before. He made you to be born. He put time and effort through your family. He poured out his love and the scripture says that God commends his love toward us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. God has a concern for you. God is powerful and can use the forces of nature to wake you up and to bring you to the kingdom. When I read the story of Jonah and the stories of thousands like him, I say, what a God that would give me another chance. And for some of you, he's giving you another chance tonight to give your heart and your life to Christ and to make sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. So that does bring an end of our episode today. And my closing prayer, as always, is that God blesses the journey you're on with him and that you embrace that path. So next week's episode is going to be on Do Not Be Anxious About Anything. Hey, you can connect with me at positivelightpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Anywhere you download your podcast, you can get Positive Light for free. So everybody had a great week. God bless, and we'll catch you next week.